Welcome to Everyone Loved It But Me. My name is Lisa Hedger. I am your host. This is the podcast where we analyze super beloved books. I'm a freelance writer, editor, and journalist in Central Ohio. This is the week of 4th of July, and I thought this would be the perfect time to touch base on reading goals and best and worst books of 2023 that I have read so far. So I'm going to jump in and talk a little bit about some of my favorite and least favorite books and talk about where I stand on my reading goals. And I will be brutally honest before I jump into the show. Huge favor if you can just like or favorite me wherever you listen to podcasts and consider writing a review if you enjoy the show. It helps other people to find this bookish podcast. Now, on to the show. All right, I'm going to jump right into the show. So the first thing I'm going to talk about are kind of my best and worst books that I've read this year or favorite, least favorite, however we want to categorize that. We're, you know, right here at the start of July or at the halfway point. Then I'm going to jump into my goals and I'm going to be bitterly honest, like completely honest that of where I stand in my goals, right? And it's, it's not great. I will, I will tell you that it is not great. But looking at kind of my best and worst books or favorite books so far, and these are for 2023, the books that I have read in 2023. Not all of these books will have been written in 2023. It's funny, but I reread two of my a couple of my favorite books, Crying in H Mart, which I discussed on the podcast. I, w- I offered up some good analytical comments. I still enjoy that book. It's still a favorite. It was still one of my only two five-star ratings so far this year. And The Swimmers also, I've discussed that before on the podcast, also a a favorite that, that I've read before. So a couple, two other books. So then I wanted to go into kind of my books that I've given four stars to this year, two books that I feel like aren't quite as popular that I've really enjoyed. One is The Last House on Needless Street. This is for those of you who like those, you know, kind of dark, twisty books. Think Gone Girl. Think Girl on a Train. This book, and I I think I've mentioned this one before, this book has surprised me more almost than any book other than Gone Girl. When I when I kind of got, you know, I knew it was going to be a twisty book. When I got to the twisty part and realized what was happening, I went, oh my gosh, now it all makes sense, right? So instead, sometimes I get to the twisty part and I go, oh gosh, this makes no sense. I'm even more confused. Once I realized what was going on, I'm like, oh, wow, now I can connect all of the dots. So that is one for those of you who love those, those dark, pretty, pretty dark books. That was a huge surprise to me. Another book that really has not gotten a lot of attention at all is Monique and the Mango Rains. I believe that I, I mentioned this one before. 
This highlights Monique, who is a midwife in Africa. And it's just, you get a lot of culture in this book. This is a little more uplifting. You're getting, you know, but there there's some sad parts too, right? So it's not super uplifting. But compared to The Last House on Needless Street, I guess it is. And looking at trying to improve infant mortality in Africa in the 80s and the 90s. And and this was, it was just a refreshing book that surprised me and I had never heard anything about it. A book that I also enjoyed, this is another four star, is The Fountains of Silence by Ruta Septis. And this gets into Madrid in 1957. So I enjoyed reading this book that was really historical fiction and focused on Spain. And it was it was something, again, a, a book that I had heard very, very little about. A couple of the popular books that I have discussed on the show that I've enjoyed, and these are more recent books. This was Lessons in Chemistry and Remarkably Bright Creatures. A couple books. These are kind of putting these on my, so far, my least favorite I also I have discussed this one on the show, The Paper Palace, and I thought I would enjoy that a lot because it was Cape Cod setting. Just really struggled, struggled, struggled so much with the characters. The next book is a classic. This is one I actually will be discussing on the show later this year. This is How Green Was My Valley. And that was one I just had some different challenges with. It was also historic fiction. I enjoyed that aspect of it, but I found myself really struggling to connect with the story. And that will be a really good one to to discuss because... I am always giving advice to like reluctant readers and like, here's what you should do when you're struggling with a book. And I will say I tried all of that advice when I was reading this book and I, and I was still struggling. Another one that I think I gave a three star to, but I just didn't enjoy it was Joan. And that's based on Joan of Arc. One of the reasons I think I didn't love that was this author changed Joan. Joan was Joan was different, right? So this Joan was not the Joan that that I grew up hearing about. Very different kind of Joan. If you read this one, you need to know that this Joan is not necessarily going to be the the Joan that that we've heard about. This Joan is, was changed, completely changed. And yeah, I don't know. It was it was just maybe a little hard for me to, to connect with, with that one. Those were, I guess, like I said, The Paper Palace, How Green Was My Valley, Joan. They were kind of, so far, three of my least favorite books, I guess. And now I want to jump into where I stand on my reading goals. My number goal was 75. And that's been my number goal for a little while. I think last year I hit somewhere around early 60s. So far I'm at 30. So that, okay, so if I'm at 30 now on July, you know, 2nd or whenever I'm recording this, that leads me to believe I'll probably end up with 60. I still do hope to hit a little closer to 70 or 75, but that's, that's kind of where I am right now. So I don't, 
I don't think it's great, but I also don't think it's horrible. And I don't want to spend a lot of time obsessing about the book number because some people read way more. Some people read way less. And we just kind of read what we can read. But one of my long-standing goals is I always want to read books that kind of aren't on the New York Times bestsellers list, right? Like Monique and the Mango Rains I'd mentioned. Another one that, that I've also read, Bit Flip. So I feel like I've done a decent job with that. It does, I will confess, that goal is a little hard because for the podcast, I have to read those ones that are very, very popular. Sometimes I find my time is is divided, you know, because I need to read really popular books for the podcast. That's the whole point of this podcast, right, is to discuss and analyze super popular books. And then I need to try to squeeze in those books that aren't as popular. I think one of my other goals, this was maybe my number one goal or one of them is to always write a review after I read a book. I really do try to do that because I know that that helps other readers to find those books. And as I said, also, of course, supporting those authors who haven't made it on the New York Times bestsellers list, such as I mentioned that one, Bitflip, which is certainly one of those. I also like to read a handful of classics. That's normally a goal. I think so for for this year in terms of classics, I believe my only classics really would be How Green Was My Valley and Little House on the Prairie. I'm looking at it right now and I'm, I'm looking, I'm cheating, I'm looking at my Goodreads and I believe those are my two classics. Normally I, I end up with, with a handful. I'm guessing I will, but I feel fine on classics. And a, another goal is always to kind of read outside my comfort zone I definitely thought How Green Was My Valley was one of those, you know, right? Classic. And another one I did, and and this is also one of those that's also not, you know, New York Times bestseller, also outside my comfort zone is Tell Me Everything, The Story of a Private Investigation. This is by Erica Krauss. This has to do with this like horrific sexual assault that took place in a college in Colorado. It's a hard book to read. It it is a I mean I'm just gonna be like super straight up about that. It's it is a very difficult book to read, but I learned a lot and I yeah, I, I thought that that was I was glad that that I read that. And then looking Looking back at like other books that kind of took me outside of my comfort zone. I'm Michael Severs, the writer, producer, and creator of The Silver King's War, a podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Stanley L. Silverfield, a first lieutenant in the United States Army Air Corps from Birmingham, Alabama, rode in the nose the greenhouse of the famed Martin Marauder. You can find The Silver King's War wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, I mean, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow really took me outside my comfort zone because that's just not, that's the book that has to do with the video games. And that's not something I think I would have read on my own. Normal People, I think, took me a little outside my comfort zone too. So I think that I I have read 
some books that have taken me outside my comfort zone. I certainly, you know, need to do need to do some some more for sure. And and that's just something I, you know, like to like to do periodically. Reading underrepresented authors. I really think homegoing was so far has been a good example for me. Obviously, I I certainly need to to continue to to read more now. So homegoing is by Aya Ghazi. It's Y A A, and then it's G Y A S I, and this book really delves into it. It really, it it goes over 300 years in Ghana. So you have this two half sisters who are born into different villages in the 18th century in Ghana. Effia is married off to like this Englishman and she lives in this um, Cape Coast castle. And then the other sisters imprisoned in the castle's dungeons, sold, and shipped off to to America. And I really love the idea of this book and the conversation about this book. One of my book clubs discussed it was really phenomenal. It was hard for me to stay connected because every chapter does feel like it's a standalone. Okay, so it almost feels like a series of short stories that are woven together because each each chapter is the next generation from one sister. So you're kind of getting reintroduced. Maybe it's been 20 years, right, since the last chapter, and there's all new characters, so you're trying to figure out what's going on. So from a readership standpoint, it was hard for me to stay connected. I kept like, going back to the first pages, looking at like that family chart, like, thank goodness for that. That really helped me out. But it, you know, if when I just kind of let myself read it and think about, oh my goodness, here's what's happening and and to this family and kind of thinking about it over these couple hundred years, it was horrifying, you know, and and fascinating. It was just an interesting, interesting book. If you go into this one, know it's it's going to take some time. Know it's not an easy read. It's not one that you can just sit down at the beach. This this one is a challenge. And my, my next goal, I think I had said this one was kind of underrepresented authors. Again, also reading more diverse books. Certainly, homegoing also also fits into that. Also, I had mentioned Monique and the Mingo Rain, set in Africa. I think both of those are in that category. Again, I definitely need to be. I want to kind of add to that list. I'm trying to look here at my books and see what else I have in terms in in those categories. But I think those are that's something I always really need to to improve on. I feel like that's. That's not good enough so far. So I need to need to improve that. Another one of my goals is to be more consistent with my reading. Again, that is that's a goal I continue to struggle with year after year. This year I think is the opposite though of my normal year. So normally I start out January, February, March, and I just read so much. I, I could read 10 books a month. And then I hit summer. 
And it's like it's a screeching halt. Suddenly I stop reading. So this year I almost feel like it's the opposite. January, February, March were really tough months for me. Death and my family. There was a school shooting at the the school my daughter attended, and I could not read much in in the first three months of the year. Really struggled to read. And now I feel like it's summer and I am super busy and everything, but I, I, I really, really want to get back into reading. So I feel like I'm diving in, I'm reading more, I'm trying to do an audiobook more. I'm also trying to listen, you know, maybe do an audiobook on my walks because I walk like an hour and a half every day. So that's time where, you know, I listen to podcasts, but it, it's perfect to listen to an audiobook. So I'm doing that right now. And then also reading, you know, in the evenings and, and things like that. So I feel like being more consistent with my reading is maybe is just one of those challenges that I will continue to have. <laughs> it's just... It, yeah, it's, it's just going to happen. I remember last year, I w- it was a challenge for me because my daughter had graduated high school and I felt like summer was so hard because we had so much going on with graduation events and things. But now this year, like I said, I felt like the first part of the year was harder. Something else, another one of my goals was to read authors that I've never read before. And as I look at... The authors, I mean, I will say I have read a lot of authors that I have not read before. So, in fact, almost almost all of them, right, of my 30 books, I probably 25 are authors that I've never read before. So, so that's good. I have... I, I there was a couple authors that I also specifically wanted to read. I had talked about this in, in my reading the last time I discussed reading goals was to read John Irving, particularly A World According to Garp. And I also want to read A Prayer for Owen Meany. That is all, still on my list. I'm I'm going to read him. I promise you that I'm going to get a John Irving book in before the end of the year. I have not done so yet, but I, ha- I have a plan. I absolutely have a plan to do. Another one of my goals was to read newer books. And the reason that that's a goal, I think, is because it really helps like with the podcast, right, to talk about some of these newer books. Certainly, Demon Copperhead is a newer book. Lessons in Chemistry is a newer book. And I'm looking here. I think I've got... Oh, well, and Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow was somewhat newer as well. Dinners with Ruth, not super new, but but somewhat somewhat new as new as well. So I feel like I'm there's still some some newer books. One that's on my list that I think would would deal with a couple of these is Fourth Wing. Fourth Wing has become so popular. It's a super new book. It's a fantasy that it's like a romance fantasy that I probably I enjoy some romance. I enjoy some fantasy. I haven't really combined those two together yet. And it's becoming this new popular genre. So that's one that is on my list and one that I would like to discuss on the podcast. I cannot believe how popular 
fourth wing is. It's almost impossible to get this book. I was able to get a copy of this book. And like I said, I'm hoping to read that one very soon. So I feel like I'm doing a decent job with trying to stay on top of, of reading newer books. I had a, I think I had a goal that I wanted a better organizational system for making notes on my books. I've definitely been coming up with like color coding, right? So I keep saying like, you know, red is when I'm angry. I think I'm okay with that. I feel better about kind of organizing, you know, when I'm putting my little sticky tabs. If it's really funny, I go with orange. If it's more thoughtful, I'll go with blue. If it has to deal with money and finance, I'll put in a green. So I I feel like I'm doing a little better with that. I also had a goal. I wanted to go to more kind of like reading and writing events and I haven't been able to do that as much. One thing I have done is I've made it to several different libraries. I went to like a Carnegie Library in Michigan over spring break. My family and I over Mother's Day finally, finally made it to the book loft in Columbus. And I have been able to join another, go to another book club in my town periodically. So I feel like I'm really trying to to do things like that. I'm trying to attend different events and things. So as I was looking at one thing that this was not on my on my list, but I was looking at, okay, is there anything weird about like my reading so far, right? I definitely went down a rabbit hole, okay? A rabbit hole that I did not think I was going to go down. So I decided to reread Little House on the Prairie for the podcast, right? And I thought, okay, that, that'd be great to talk about Little House on the Prairie. Well, guess what? Then I thought, you know what? For funsies, why don't I read Melissa Gilbert's book, Prairie Tale, right? Like, why not? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Sounds great. Read Prairie Tale by Melissa Gilbert. So this is where, you know, she talks about life on, you know, being an actress, being a childhood actress, some issues with her mom, what it was like with Michael Landon, what it's like with the other actors, how she dealt with she was ultimately like a member of the Brat Pack, you guys, with like, um, oh, Rob Lowe and like all those guys in the 80s. She was like part of that. And she and Rob Lowe were engaged. So you can see where this is going, right? So suddenly I'm down this rabbit hole of Melissa Gilbert. So I read The Prairie Tale. And then, oh, yes, I did. I read her most recent Back to the Prairie that she just wrote after COVID. So I guess that, I think that happens to the best of us, right? It has to, it can't just be me, right? Other people have had to go down the rabbit hole. And both of these books were just okay, all right? They were, they were just okay. Back to the Prairie, she's talking about, like, she and her husband, this was her third husband, Timothy Busfield, I remember him as Danny from West Wing, but he was also in 30-something, which was very popular. I think it was 30-somethings. And he and she, he seems to be finally like her ideal partner. They seem to get along really well, as I'm telling you this from just having read the book as if I know her. <laughs> but anyway... It it was a rabbit hole for me because, you know, I did grow up. Once I read that Little House on the Prairie revisited, I thought, well, gosh, I should read her memoir too, you know? And, and then who knows? I'll probably find myself reading a Laura Ingalls Wilder memoir. But it, it didn't... It, 
none of those took up too much of my time. When she goes back to the prairie, this is kind of really her time. She focuses a lot on her anxiety of COVID. And it's really interesting to me when I read the reviews of Back to the Prairie, it does not get good reviews at all. And a lot of people are really upset. I mentioned this in the Little House on the Prairie podcast episode, which is the one commonality. Like people love Little House on the Prairie. It doesn't matter if you're like a Republican or Democrat or don't care about politics. Like everybody has loved the show. We've all loved the, the books. Like it draws all of these people. So I think all of these different kinds of people, you know, have wanted to read Melissa Gilbert's books. And some people, I think, didn't want her to get into politics. But I'm going to tell you, if you read Back to the Prairie, it highlights like COVID and her running for office. So she is going to talk about politics and she runs on the Democratic ticket. So just like warning, if that's something you don't want to read about, she is going to talk about it. And I feel like you kind of get a pretty good hint. Uh, I think the back cover actually mentions her running for office, but I have to tell you, it tickled me because many times as I was reading reviews, people were saying things like, oh my goodness, why is she getting into politics? But like, because she does. And it actually says right here, as I'm reading it, from Dancing with the Stars to A Turn in Politics, she was always on the lookout for the next project. So yes, it is going to talk about some of her political beliefs. She really does get into kind of renovating this house and, you know, rustic in the Catskill Mountains. But she's a person who I think has struggled, right, to figure out kind of who she is. On one part, she it would be lovely to be this amazing celebrity that makes millions and millions of dollars. But, and she's been in so many different things, but I think she also wants to kind of be a, an average person too. But yet, you know, she buys these ridiculously expensive, you know, skincare products and, and also likes a name drop. So it's, it's interesting. So that was kind of my rabbit hole. Okay. That was 100% my rabbit hole. I'm not necessarily suggesting that anybody else go down the same rabbit hole, but if you do go down any rabbit hole, know that you are not alone. And I think I was going to say, I was trying to think there was, if there's any other book on here, if there's any other connection, like kind of connecting of the dots. But I, th I think that that little rabbit hole that I went down was probably my quirkiest thing that I did. Overall, like I said, I feel okay about my reading so far. I'm probably somewhere like if I were to give myself a grade, I think I'm at a solid C. I'm not, I'm not doing great, right? But I'm just like, I'm just hanging there to probably 70, 75%. Overall, I've, I think I've, I've read some, some fun books. There, there's some other stuff out there that, you know, some things that I'd like maybe to make me laugh a little bit more or to really just, I will say the one book that I did really kind of enjoy that I have mentioned and talked about on the podcast with my son and that we did the audio was Remarkably Bright Creatures. That was really one that I found to be cheerful and kind of uplifting that I just kind of needed. And yes, 
there were a, a lot of dots that didn't fully connect there and, and you had to suspend a little disbelief and I was okay with that. I certainly would love to hear where you are on your reading goals and how you're feeling about your year, any books that surprised you or were unexpected. Always reach out to me www.everyoneloveditbutme.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, either Everyone Loved It But Me or Lisa Hedger. Please let me know your thoughts. As always, I want to really thank you for listening to the show, and I hope that you have a lovely day. And most importantly, I hope you get time to read today.